On their very first day in office, new British Prime Ministers have to decide what they want their nuclear submarines to do in the event they're killed. Talk about pressure from day one. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe and to share the show far and wide. On this episode, we've all felt pressure on the first day of a new job, but most of our decisions, it's fair to say, aren't the end of the world. Literally. But new British Prime Ministers have to give orders, usually in the first 24 hours of taking office, about what their nuclear submarines should do in a worst-case scenario. Let's head under the sea. Britain is a nuclear superpower. It operates what's called a nuclear deterrent system. Obviously, the UK wouldn't have as many nuclear weapons as, say, Russia or the United States, but it guarantees a reply should the country be attacked. And the way it does that is by placing its nuclear weapons on board submarines, specifically four submarines, called the Trident Nuclear Weapons System four submarines which work on three-month tours in as close to total secrecy as can be managed with at least one sub at sea at all times. Each submarine carries eight missiles on board, each of those missiles can carry five nuclear warheads and each of those warheads has a payload eight times larger than the bomb which levelled Hiroshima in 1945. So each one has the destructive power to kill well upwards of 100,000 people, probably many multiples of that. In other words, it's a serious arsenal, and Prime Ministers are serious about using it if they need to. Here's former PM Theresa May in the House of Commons. Is she personally prepared to authorise a nuclear strike that could kill 100,000 innocent men, women and children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yes. And, and I have to say to the Honourable Gentleman, The whole point of a deterrent is that our enemies need to know that we would be prepared to use it. Unlike some suggestions that we could have a nuclear deterrent but not actually be willing to use it, which came to come from the Labour Party front bench. Any decision to launch a nuclear weapon would have to come directly from the Prime Minister themselves. But that poses the question, what if in some future war, nuclear or otherwise, the Prime Minister was killed? Usually they'll have a nominated second in command, a deputy prime minister or a cabinet minister or something, but what if they were killed too? Specifically, what would happen to Britain's nukes if Britain was nuked first? Well, this is where a system called the Letters of Last Resort comes into play. When they take office, each Prime Minister is asked to write a letter to the captain of each of the four nuclear submarines. The letter spells out exactly what the Prime Minister wants them to do. There are four publicly known options for them to put down. Number one, retaliate, figure out who fired on the UK, who potentially ended the government there and killed millions of people and strike back at them. Two, stand down, don't retaliate and cause more people to be killed. Three, place the submarine under the command of an allied power or another member of the Commonwealth, Australia or New Zealand perhaps. Or four, leave the situation up to the captain's own judgement. That's part of the difficulty in writing this letter. It's done on day one and mostly during peacetime. It's impossible to predict the series of events which might lead to a nuclear weapon destroying the government. So maybe leaving the captain to react to a situation they'll have a better understanding of is the right call. 
But how does a submarine captain know when to look at the letters? They are kept in the utmost secrecy. Each Prime Minister writes theirs, and the previous office holder has theirs burned without being opened. So no one but the office holder themselves ever knows what they said to do. Each commander has to establish that the Prime Minister is dead, that their second in command is dead, and most likely the government wiped out, before opening that letter. And there's a complex system of monitoring to establish this from wherever the submarine happens to be in the world, largely monitoring different communications outlets. But one of the tests is whether or not BBC Radio 4 is still broadcasting. One insider said the station not being available for a number of days is one of the clearest signs we're meant to take on board. It's PM at 5 PM. With Hugh Sykes and Libby Porter. It's kind of mad to imagine the psychological pressure doing something like this must be for the new Prime Minister. Each Prime Minister is given a security briefing as one of their first actions or responsibilities upon taking power and told about the requirements of the job. Then they're taken into a room, given a pen, paper, multiple envelopes and a shredder and left completely alone. They shred the drafts and the actual letters get locked in a safe on each of the submarines. Just, like, imagine for a second what would go through your head in that moment, just trying to understand the psychology of it. You are trying to predict an event well out of your frame of understanding. Like, we all know that a nuclear attack could happen, but it's not something we ever think will happen. Then you have the moral quandary about what to do when you are already dead. It's the ultimate cold hand reaching out from the grave to either press or not press the big red button. Does the anger in you at the thought of having everyone you loved wiped out make you inclined towards telling the sub-commander to return fire? After all, it is mutually assured destruction we talk about. Or do you weigh the hundreds of thousands of innocent lives that would be lost just to get back at whatever regime or rogue actor launched the attack in the first place? It's a scary thought, and Tony Blair reportedly went pale white and very quiet when he was first told about the task. Thankfully, though... There are really, really responsible people making these decisions. Yesterday I went, uh, as, as we all must, uh, 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 to, to Peppa Pig World. I was, well, it's fact, I was a bit hazy what I would find at Peppa Pig World, uh, but I loved it. And Peppa Pig World is, is very much my kind of place. Uh, it, 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 it has uh, a uh, very safe streets, uh, Discipline in schools. Uh... Well, maybe not him, but other competent people. We import two thirds of all of our apples. We import nine tenths of all of our pears. We import two thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. I was at HMP Pentonville last week. They've now got patrol dogs who are barking, which helps deter drones. So we're using all kinds of solutions. Okay, not her, but the new, the new guy, right? Do you prefer Coke or Pepsi? 
Do you ask everyone this question or, <laughs> or not? No, I'm really, it's funny because I am, again, this is, I'm a massive, uh, so one of these things that not that many people know about me. So I collect Coca-Cola things. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Coke oh. addict. Oh, uh, total Coke yeah. addict. Coca-Cola addict. Okay. Well, one of the fun things to wonder is... Given one sub is at sea at all times, did they ever get Liz Truss's orders? Or was it so clear she was toast from very early on? Did they just keep the old ones and hope for the best? Did the submarine even have the chance to come back to the UK and get the letter put on before she was gone as Prime Minister? I I don't know. Let's hope we never have to find out what's actually written on those letters, because if we do, we probably have bigger problems. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and to share far and wide. This one was presented by myself, Sean Defoe, with John Kyo as editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. Chat to you next week.